0: the YouTube Podcast episode number 83, where we talk all things YouTube, and in this particular episode, we're going to be talking your YouTube-related questions, but uh, for this episode, I'm joined to help with all your questions, because there is a lot of them. It was started as an idea that, I, while well, I was sitting and watching a hockey game, that I should just quickly do an episode before I head off to Montreal and answer some silly questions, maybe, and then all of a sudden, a flood came in, so I recruited some help all the way from Amsterdam uh caroline welcome to the podcast
1: hi chris thank you
0: we've been uh teasing or uh wanting to have you on teasing the idea of having you on and and haven't got to yet so this this will serve as the the warm-up i guess to your future full-length uh interview in-depth discussion (laughs) with your (laughs) youtube history or something
1: and eventually I'll join the u uh, two staff oh there you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the pay is really good, and uh yeah, <laughs> all the benefits you know <laughs> yeah our uh I'll just uh, our connection actually your yours and my connection goes back to you were the person who first air quotes hired me to work with uh, any sort of u youtube fan site back on u 2 dot com which I just noticed today, actually I was going to mention before that it doesn't resolve anymore the site what happened?
1: yeah. You don't want to know. (laughs) I was going to move the site to a cheaper spot, or back it up at least. Uh Uh-oh. And then I deleted the wrong database. Oh, no. Deleted the live database. (laughs) I do have an export, but... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: That's okay. That's. But, I
1: mean, it'd been offline for, or it'd been non functional for i don't know half a decade even more i think yeah yeah i I, I don't remember when we quit 2011
0: yeah something like that yeah yeah so yes but at any rate there's still lots of uh, youtube fan sites that one just had its own unique flavor and style to it that was a lot of fun as well um but uh, by way of introduction to the audience, I guess, who may not know who you are or, or your connection to U2 or anything like that, we always ask folks when they come on the podcast, what was the thing, the the moment, the album, the whatever that got you into U2 in the first place?
1: Subconsciously, 1983, I heard U2 when I went out clubbing here in Holland uh, and it was um, New Year's Day. Uh, it was that song and uh, the clashes, um, Rock the Kashba, that really caught my attention. I didn't really know much about pop or rock music at that time. So I had no idea who the bands were or, you know, what the songs were. But I remember remembered those two songs and uh, a couple of years later, I think late 84, it's just one year later, I guess. Late 84, I saw um, a German live show uh, from the Unforgettable Fire Tour. Mm. And that was it. I was hooked. (laughs) I'd actually heard of the band through a couple of high school friends that um, had gotten into uh, Jesus. Uh, They joined, um, I think they joined Youth for Christ or something, something like that. Um, we were invited as friends, high school friends. We were invited to their parties, and they were sitting in a corner discussing war. I realise now, <laughs> right? Uh, discussing the lyrics and their uh, um, the Christianity in in the lyrics, and yeah. we were in the other side going, "What?" <laughs> 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 um, But I remembered that, and then I saw them on German TV, and I was hooked. Uh, I missed their Dutch concert at the time, because that was in October, I think. Um, I became an actual fan in, I think, January 1985. Right. And very quickly thereafter, I joined the Dutch fan club, because I heard them on the radio, and I thought, hmm, that'd be interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you've, over the years, there's, you've been involved with, um, I know there's a book that got published, uh, like a fan club book. You were, you've been, you've written for youtube.com at least once that I know of for sure, if not other times. I don't oh, know. many times, yeah. many
1: times now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's two two books and the articles for U youtube.com. Yeah.
0: And uh, and when did what was the inspiration or desire? I guess to start something like u 2 logcom back in the day when when that f- sort of first kicked off.
1: Well, that grew out of um, a bunch of friends that hung out on IRC. IRC, for those who don't know, <laughs> is sort of a precursor to Skype, I guess. It or Slack. A very very yeah yeah. It was Slack thing. without the interface. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Slack is exactly that. Yeah. IRC with an interface. And this was around 95, 96. And we met, we all met on channel U2 on IRC, became friends, and a lot of us are still friends, best friends, even. Um, And um, it was around 96, then, yeah, late 96, I think, that you two were sort of finishing off the pop album in the studio and they had a webcam in the studio and not a lot of people were actually online at the time it was just it seemed like just us uh, and uh, the bunch of us were watching this webcam in the studio like day and night yeah. and um, the people in the studio I think not you two but the people that were running that webcam they became aware of us and they started doing sort of jokes we comment on it, and they would put up jokes in the studio, and it was very funny. And we, we wanted to um, that funny that funny thing, that humor that we had, uh, was something that we that I felt was missing from a lot of well, there weren't very many back then, but from U two sites that were mainly North American at the time because the web had, hadn't really broken through in in, in Europe yet. So um, we uh, we wanted, I, I thought I wanted uh, a weblog, which nobody had heard of, <laughs> that would, you know, you'd be able to quickly react to news. And we wanted to have sort of, wanted to take the mickey and be irreverent about the band because a lot of the the bigger sites were so serious mm-hmm. uh, so we, we wanted a, a secular irreverent look at the band uh, sort of a, a British Irish Australian vibe and kind of humor that doesn't really exist on uh, in North America and that's that's why we started U2log.
0: yeah which it's it's a great and I think even today obviously taking nothing away from all the YouTube fan sites that are out there there is a bit of still like uh, and maybe it's my <laughs> my subs um what's the word uh my desire anyways or role or whatever without you too is a bit of like um uh, trying to like you said taking the piss or whatever because
1: mm-hmm.
0: they're a very serious band at times and they're they have a very serious message and they have a very serious desire mm-hmm. to be artists and be creative and and to have their art respected and all of that which is they do but then they also obviously are humans who have a playful side who like to laugh you know and and even within the organization you can see that and and this absolutely seems to be you know they're fairly protective they have their sort of inner circle obviously and they don't Mm. often let their guard down outside of that um but i yeah it seems like it's okay to to laugh a bit every now and then oh
1: yeah i I mean Lipton, lipton village is all about you know taking the piss and yeah yeah taking the mickey out of each other yeah to show them how much you love them
0: Right. Yeah. It's what family yeah. does kind of almost.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's what you referenced earlier, the sort of YouTube 2 family that grew up in, in around you, not around you, but like that you grew up with or whatever. Um, and sort of that vibe of friendship and um, like a love for the band, but almost like the band could disappear for a while. And the friendship obviously still remain even, I know you had a bit of a uh, falling out with the band in, in, of sorts in terms of fandom anyways. like I had
1: to, I had to at the time. How come you, why do you think that? Because I, uh, um, I was getting involved with Gavin Friday as a as a fan, but also as somebody who wanted to um, help him in his career. And um, for a while, I think I had to show that I wasn't in into it because of you two. That mm. was still a big thing. He was also he was very wary about. It making his connection with you two known that's completely changed now but at the time i felt i had to do that uh it was right at the time of uh, the pop tour and i can still i'm still mad at myself for missing out on a lot of that tour <laughs> i only i only saw five shows uh, could have been so so many more yeah. so much more <laughs>
0: And so you stayed away for a while a bit like yeah. from the band and even subsequent tours and stuff a bit like sort of, you're obviously aware that they're around and stuff, yeah. but um, kind of like disengaging a bit from, from the band. And, and so what you reengaged in a sense and experience kind of time frame or what was a bit. Oh,
1: well, earlier, I think, I think once, once my working relationship with Gavin was properly settled, um, mm-hmm. I had more time for other things
0: right, yeah. <laughs> so you had your your uh, coming in the in the Christian circles it would be like coming back to Jesus, but you had your coming back to Bonnie.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. yeah I can't remember which it must have been a tour or something, but I can't remember which one. yeah, there's also a period those albums after pop uh,
0: <laughs> not a yeah. fan
1: not a fan. <laughs> So that's I got he- heavily, heavily back into them during uh, No Line on the Reli- Horizon. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Because um, they, I, re- I remember distinctly. Remember you getting um, getting to write on YouTube.com a review of seeing. I think it was the Innocence and Experience tour. Almost like where it was presented as if you weren't a fan as much anymore, and now you were, or something like that. Where
1: oh yeah, you know you have you know uh, peaks on... Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say it in English, but you know, yeah, you go and up and down in your peaks and Valley's in your fandom. So I go Yeah. Oh, I don't, you know. It's always in between tours I get bored. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> forget about how great they are and uh, yeah. maybe don't like the album that much, and then you hear the songs live and they come alive. Yeah. Uh, that mm, that very much happened with Innocence
0: yeah, that's I think I'm I'm guess I can only speak from having worked with two U2 fan sites. I don't I'm, <laughs> I don't know how many people get to work with multiple U2 fan sites, but I think that's a common like the gap between albums gets longer and you're like, okay, what's we're we what's the point and maybe we should shut it all down and dream it back up again or whatever, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah, so um the uh in in terms of U2 uh, news, actually before we go, go on, I was going to ask, are you seeing them on the Experience and Innocence tour at some point or hoping to? I
1: am. Um it's funny. I was uh I read a quote from that interview that Edge did with Rolling Stone mm-hmm. today or yesterday or whatever, uh where he's saying that like, this tour is for the real fans, or you <laughs> know that and I'm saying, yeah, but we didn't get any tickets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, you know, if you want to play for your real fans, give us tickets. Yeah. <laughs> um I don't know, we got tickets. We've scraped. We scraped tickets together. Um, <laughs> we still haven't got everything we want. Uh, we got tickets to shows we didn't want. Okay. Uh, I got. We. I've got Amsterdam sorted. So that's two shows. I've got uh, Paris sorted, but I don't want to go to Paris for maybe obvious reasons. It just doesn't. Ugh. It's a bit scary, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um. We were, uh, we got tickets for Copenhagen, okay. <laughs> we're going to Copenhagen, and we wanted to go to Berlin, and uh, I'm half sorted for that, and still need tickets for the other. But I have my sources.
0: <laughs> well, that's what it. Sounds all of those places sound more exotic and interesting than what we get over here. But I guess it's just familiarity because it's like Duluth, Tulsa, whatever. <laughs> uh, don't sound that I, as exciting I'm as sure Berlin.
1: Duluth is just as exciting as.
0: Copenhagen. <laughs> I'm sure it is. In In reality, yeah. it's it's a stadium yeah. and you're inside and yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you referenced the Rolling Stone arc just in, in terms of what uh, you would find if you listened and subscribed to the YouTube News Brief, which you can listen to on your Google, Apple, uh, Amazon devices. You can ask for the at U two news brief and there's uh, a couple articles dropped in Rolling Stone in the last couple of weeks. Uh Andy Green had interviews with Adam Clayton and the Edge at some point over the last little while. And uh just a couple mentions of um, for the <laughs> the Asia Australian fans. Adam, of course, teased it again but didn't say anything specific. There are parts of the world we just haven't been to for the past few years. We haven't been to Australia, Japan, Southeast Asia. We really haven't spent that long in Europe. So perhaps we'll lengthen the tour. But in reality, maybe we need to find a way of being in bigger places again. So not really anything new to say for the Australian, etc. fans who aren't getting this tour as of yet. South American fans, um, there's lots of parts of the world they haven't been to <laughs> with <laughs> a tour lately. So um, and any thoughts on plight of fans in far off places that don't get the band
1: it's, it's impossible for them to go everywhere but be nice if they did yeah yeah and if they play japan i'll go
0: <laughs> yeah you'd go <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there you go <laughs> and it was funny actually adam's uh he referenced lord of the rings as far as just andy had asked him as part of the sort of s- heart of darkness or whatever episode part of the concert. And he referenced the Lord of the Rings and middle earth kind of gathering around and stuff. And it was just kind of funny to think of Adam sitting in his kimono, watching Lord of the Rings series, probably the extended <laughs> edition I would imagine. But, um, and then the edges interview as well. Um, they both actually talked to Andy, asked them both about not playing Joshua tree. And he mentioned something about how, like you said, uh, we knew the plan we were probably coming. We knew that we were, that, People probably came to the Joshua Tree show that have not come to this, knowing it was going to be more weighted towards new albums, and that's fine. This is for the fans of our more recent work, the more committed fans who were really listen to everything and go to everything. We feel okay about that. And Adam had said, "I think we're all excited about the idea of not having to delve back into the Joshua Tree." So, your thoughts on No Joshua Tree? As we've obviously we're talking spoilers for the concert, yeah. so sorry if it's if that's news um, to you.
1: <laughs> it's fine, f- fine with me. Uh, I uh, I don't mind spoilers. But I've tried not to watch too much or, you know, not even look at pictures that much. Right. Uh, but I have listened to the live Mixler uh, audio broadcast. Um, you know, you know, get up in the morning and then there'd be a show from God knows where in America. And <laughs> I, you know, put it on and go to work and have the show, you know, on my commute to work. It's ridiculous, really, but yeah, that's uh, modern uh, technology. Great. Um, I love the show. I love how it sounds. I don't even need the pictures. <laughs> I love that there's no streets or Pride. or oh, Pride's there. But, yeah. You know, but the streets and Pride are the songs that we used to hate on. Oh, not again. You know, as, as spoiled fans going to multiple shows. But somewhere around not the Joshua Tito, but the one before that, I lost all mm, jadedness about set lists. I don't care what they play anymore. I just want to be there with my friends and experience it, whatever they have to give us. And uh, if that makes me uncritical, then so be it. I'm 55 years old. I don't care. (laughs) I just want to have fun. Yeah. Enjoy them while it lasts. Yeah. Um, Of course, you know, the thing is, Sometimes you want to hear that one particular song, and then they play it, and it's meh, you know? Mm-hmm. And then there's other times, but for example, um, I hated uh, the Innocence and uh, Experience album. Um, the songs like uh, Cedarwood Road wouldn't come alive from, from the album. And then when I saw Cedarwood Road on um, live, I thought it was the best thing since, you know, sliced bread or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It blew me away. So you never know which song it's going to be that's going to make that concert special for you. So basically, I don't care what they play. There's there's always going to be that song.
0: Yeah. And that's that's what often I know we kind of dance around sometimes on the podcast, even of mentioning like they are, there's only so many tours left, like whether it's Mm. three or one or none <laughs> or whatever, there's some finite amount of tours coming. And, and so, yeah, like, I think that's where I'm, I'm, I know Matt's said this a lot too, of just be being thankful that obviously we can criticize and we can talk and have fun with it, but like Absolutely, being thankful yeah. for, yeah, just getting to enjoy the music still and having a band that actually stayed together this long, uh, even in itself with original members and et cetera is mm. I think, a uh, yeah, a privilege we sometimes take for granted. So, um, but I know there's I've lots had
1: of. To, I've had to mute some of the fights <laughs> on Twitter. I just couldn't cope with it anymore. I, yeah, come on.
0: I have most fans on Twitter. Most YouTube fans on Twitter. If I, if I know they're a YouTube fan, anyways, I I have a YouTube fan list that I'll dive into. But I don't follow a lot of them directly, which hopefully they don't take personally. But it's just mm. kind of like my way of having those two worlds. When I need to get my YouTube fan fix, I can dive in mm. and then keep it sort I of. I keep
1: forgetting about lifts
0: yeah Yeah, i assumed they were going to take them away and so i didn't use them for a long time and then i recently sort of dove back into them but um Mm. yeah it's i'm not a news hound, so don't don't follow me for (laughs) whatever bono might have had for breakfast but i'll (laughs) i'll tweet out when uh when we're going live with the podcast is basically and then otherwise i'm just complaining about the weather so um yeah there's there's a bunch of interesting stuff if you're they they so like revealing in a, a fun way, I guess, about the current tour. If you go read those articles, they'll be in the show notes, which you can find it either in your podcast player, if you're watching or listening, I guess, but you can tap through and, and find the links or goodstufffm slash ATU two slash 83 will be the link or the episode for this uh, links for this episode. Um, yeah, so I've got, uh, montreal coming up for my first experience of experience and in innocence in a few days but before that i just wanted to get an episode out to the podcast listeners so that we won't i won't be recording one uh wednesday night next week like we normally would uh because i'll be dancing sitting not sitting dancing or singing along i guess to the concert are you that's what i was going to ask you are you a sit back and just sort of Soak it all in, or are you jumping up and down at the front, or somewhere in between? What when you go to a YouTube show?
1: Generally, I am an observer. So uh, I, in the past, I would maybe jot down notes. Now I would tweet stuff. Right. Um, on the last on the Joshua three tour, I was a streamer. Streamer, I mixed. Oh yeah. Stuff. Yeah, I enjoyed that, and I'd sing along. I'd never
0: done that before, so so people can hear, and that's yeah, it's a funny kind of like harkening back to the old like mixtapes and recording of concerts that you know bootlegs and stuff of old. We had uh, uh, one of our staffers is a younger guy Mason who's been on the podcast, and he had posted a picture to the YouTube Slack group of at YouTube Slack group of uh, a bootleg. And he was like, "What is this?" <laughs> from it was I think it was Zootopia, maybe or something. But it was just because there's a lot of bootlegs from that one in particular that I remember. But you know, I like because it's like, well, if it's out there, it must be you know official material or whatever. And it was kind of just like, no, that's the bootleg that we paid way too much for. That now you guys just get you know a million copies of because it's just everywhere, <laughs> Mixler, mm-hmm. cetera.
1: I, I used to be uh, a big uh, ta- not a tape. I didn't tape myself. I did have the gear, but I didn't tape you two gigs. But I was uh, I would swap. Yeah. tapes all over i had a like a thousand to 1200 cassette tapes all U2 gigs yeah yeah uh, i had to listen to them all to for the book we did
0: oh right yeah yeah so those are all kept safely in the an archive pre-
1: precursor, precursors to the, the the databases that we now have yeah online yeah
0: <laughs> so do you have those no i,
1: I sold them I sold yeah them. oh
0: yeah yeah probably to aaron govern of uh
1: no, <laughs> no, to a Dutch, to a Dutch fire fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, um, But yeah, so it's a, uh, yeah, it's crazy. The world we are, we are in right now. And I know that's something the band's obviously is grappling with technology and how to incorporate it best into the shows and how not to, and, and just play the music and all that kind of stuff. So, which leads us into, in a kind of awkward way, into the mailbox. Cause we got, <laughs> there's, I don't know if you saw the list, there's a bunch of questions yeah. and we'll, yeah. we'll sort of uh, have a little fun with them. Um Okay. We'll start with uh, someone I'm not even familiar with who this is at YouTube.com. Sherry asked this. This is probably really deep inside information. Why isn't Adam's Kimono thanked in the EI Tour Tour Book? And and Adam's Kimono, the Twitter account at Adam's Kimono, chimed in saying, Why am I not listed in the credits? Why are there no glossy photos of me in the Tour Book? Why am I not featured on the huge screen at the shows? Why are kimonos and robes not included in the merch? (laughs) So.
1: Maybe you're not sleeping with the right
0: person. <laughs> yeah, Adam is probably not the right person. You need to get to Larry. Is
1: I think yeah,
0: where you need to be. Yeah, that makes sense. Just sleeping with the right person. <laughs> um, at JT asked, "Do you think the fly character may return one day?" What do you think? I could oh, while you're while you're I humming. Hope so. Yeah, that's my my answer to it would be I hope so, and I. I uh, I could see in the the playful way that they've sort of brought back the McFisto character and sort of tease other characters here and there. I think maybe I don't know if he might had the showman kind of character on the Joshua Tree tour, and maybe maybe he's done creating new characters and he'll just kind of re inhabit. ones. Okay, yeah.
1: Yeah. They're all the same character anyway.
0: Uh, Carol, can you just uh just try refreshing your browser? I'm getting some buzzing from your audio it sometimes seems like chrome apologies folks for watching or listening live that better no it's still doing it but Mm. might have to just live with it okay um let's see where oh yeah and uh this was kind of interesting one um at jt also asked so i I sent out the tweet asking for questions i'm just going to read them more or less in in the order unless someone sent in a lot and then they may Get chopped off the end at JT asked as they enter their 60s in a few years uh will we see the same presence of the band or instead do you foresee a more conservative approach in al- terms of albums slash touring which
1: age doesn't seem to stop the Rolling Stones
0: I, mean, I know I like, they
1: seem to be continuously touring so
0: um, yeah I just I follow I saw they they just played in Dublin at Croke Park and it's hmm. like if they're still going it feels like you know there's a, that's kind of like how I view life too is like for me, my parents are around. And so like, they're still the the barometer of what old is. And my grandparents have passed, but that was like really old. So <laughs> I guess in the same way, if the stones are around a touring, you two could keep going. I think, don't you think there's a desire to like scale back? They, they love the fan thing, but they also hate the touring life maybe a bit. Or do they, do you think it's, they're good to keep going? for? Not,
1: but I don't think they know any better. <laughs> this is what they do. Yeah. I mean, they would, if they hate it, they hated the tour life. They would do three tours, like back to back. Uh, back to back,
0: yeah. 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 Um, at uh, Beth and Bono asks, which disappointing shirt are you going to spend $40 on <laughs> in terms of U2 tour merch? <laughs> Have you seen any I've, of it? The-
1: I've seen some. I rarely, rarely buy tour merch in that one.
0: Yeah, I had tweeted at her because she's been to 11 or so shows already and would have a better idea of the merchandise or, than I would. I'm a I'm, I'm either too cheap or too worried that I'm going to buy the wrong size at the show. And then, like I have actually from the 360 tour, I think I have a... Or no, yeah, how to dismantle a tonic bomb. I have a shirt that I bought that's too small. And so now it just sits in my drawer. It's a nice memory, I guess. But unless I lose a whole bunch of weight, it's not going to fit. So I'll wait for my I, have, uh,
1: I bought the Cedarwood Road. Uh, t-shirt oh yeah uh, and then i found out that gavin designed it so oh there you go yeah <laughs> uh, but i don't wear it i just don't
0: wear band shirts yeah uh beth bono also asked what do you think is the disaster that strikes in the middle of the how to hold me throw me kiss me kill me intermission video which gavin has a role in that's i didn't even think of that until i just happened. yeah i
1: didn't I, I guess i haven't looked too closely i've just listened to it not yeah really looked at the visual, so i don't Recall
0: seeing a, a disaster. Yeah, and that's what I'm. I'll have to see it too. I, I'm. Someone else at New Wave Dame asked. I'm curious too. In all in Los Angeles, Bono hinted at it being pop thoughts. So, <laughs> which would be? Oh,
1: they need to get over that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't love pop.
0: Maybe it's just Larry that needs to get over it too. Uh, okay, at T. Darby seven one nine asked, when do we see Bono play the three chords he knows? <laughs> I think with the bike accident he had and stuff, I don't know if he's maybe, playing guitar again. Maybe he
1: can play one,
0: one <laughs> chord or, or the song one. <laughs> yeah. If they actually if Edge tuned a special guitar for him, you could and it was a like song in D, <laughs> then he could just strum the whole thing and it wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. And just do bar chords maybe or whatever. So, unfortunately, I don't I don't know that we'll see him um, officially play guitar again, but uh, on tours we'll see. At mm-hmm. JT asks, do you see the 2019 as the year of we have to go away and dream it all up again for the band? Uh, JT is very focused on the band <laughs> getting old <laughs> and stopping. <laughs> um, it feels like they... The band I,
1: I think they're, they're on a... They have sort of second wind. Yeah. I think they're in a very creative um, uh, era.
0: Phase <laughs> era, yeah.
1: Phase, yeah, yeah. Mm, they shouldn't stop.
0: Yeah. I, I know go, Edge, even
1: fur, go even further. Go out there. Yeah,
0: mm. like I feel it feels like they could do the equivalent like sort of Zuti or um, Actung baby, and then Zuropa, and then the what was like Pop's? Whether debatable whether Pop was the like the third part of that trilogy, let's say, but whatever it maybe could have been or should have been or whatever. But uh, if Songs of Innocence and then Experience, and then whether they do Songs of Ascent or just something completely different, I feel like yeah, there's a, something in the water right now yeah. for them.
1: Do you remember the Glastonbury gig a couple of years back? Yes. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I, when I watched that show, I thought, it's over. It's, <laughs> that's, it's the end. End of the line. Like, this is not working.
0: Just something at and the show? Uh, not that they were doing Glastonbury itself, but just something about...
1: Just the, the, the lack of connection with the crowd. Mm. Like, playing for a crowd that hated you too, you know? Right. Yeah, that generation. Uh, But I think, I mean, they seem to have found a connection again.
0: Yeah, you could see someone like a, especially, I picture a Larry and an Edge, not knowing them at all, obviously, but just judging from exterior. But I could see them being very aware, hyper, like Bono would be very aware of the audience as well, I'm sure. But he, to him, it feels like for him, it'd be a challenge to like win them over again. Whereas Edge and Larry, it feels like, like they'd be more in the, well, piss off, let's just take our stuff and go home if they're not gonna
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> like
0: us or whatever and it wouldn't be worth the effort of a whole tour to try and win people back but yeah they
1: mm-hmm.
0: seem to have done yeah. something um at beth Mono asked if you've been following setlist which unplayed songs of innocence song do you most wish they'd play a, on a future show and um,
1: um I'm, no, I'm no longer a setlist person and <laughs> have trouble keeping up which song is on which album like yeah, old.
0: <laughs> they've uh, yeah. they referenced in the Rolling Stone article that they have they have played a lot of the new songs on this tour. Um, Little things is a common theme that comes up, and that would be one that I would I heard it in Joshua Tree at the Joshua Tree show because they played it at the end of Vancouver's, mm-hmm. and it, there was a bit of a dud there. But um, yeah, like what I said, would
1: fit better in this tour.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I think yeah.
0: And then Showman, I'd like to see them just have fun with. Like it feels like a fun sh- mm. song but I don't, I can see how it wouldn't fit thematically necessarily in this tour, but
1: I've only recently started actually listening to the album now that I've heard it live mm. uh, and, uh, so and, enjoying, it, and enjoying it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause you have uh, a, a frame of reference for the live
1: yeah, versions yeah.
0: now back to the sort of studio. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Um, okay let's see next question that makes some sense to go at new wave dame why do you think the edge is still wearing that jacket with fringe on t- <laughs> uh, I didn't
1: know he, I didn't know he was wearing maybe it's comfortable
0: yeah I know. sometimes or he's, get, a-
1: or he's getting sponsored for it I don't know
0: <laughs> <laughs> there is a edges flannel twitter account as well that chimed in there somewhere too really? so of course you know, uh, all of their clothing seems to pick up a twitter didn't account. This,
1: didn't this all start with hair <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's still a secret I wonder
1: I, I wonder who started that <laughs> I don't remember
0: I can't remember either
1: uh.
0: Uh, At Atomic Bomb asked when are they coming to Australia which uh, I wish we could tell you at Atomic Bomb yeah
1: uh, again I might go if it's Australia
0: oh Australia too you'd go
1: yeah because uh, one of the original U2 log uh, crew uh, has moved back to Australia and he's yeah, you know, one of my best friends, and I want to see him again.
0: So. Yeah, oh, awesome. Yeah, we never did have a, a full uh, U2 log meetup. That's really no, <laughs> a little too scattered. No. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: that's the one benefit, I guess, to being North American focused or centric. Were for yeah, not that, but yeah. I'm even in that, I'm I'm not including uh, some folks.
1: Yeah, we were too. Australia, America, Amsterdam, London, and Dublin,
0: and Canada. I'm, I'm not american
1: i'm canada yeah, yeah oh and france as well yeah. yeah It was very international
0: uh at wtshnn which i think stands for where the streets have no name is it getting better or do you feel the same is that all does love light up your christmas tree who's going to ride your wild horses uh so in order for me uh yes no <laughs> no uh yes and i don't know who's gonna ride my wild horses can you remember the order of...
1: <laughs> my my horses, uh, they shoot horses, don't they?
0: At <laughs> uh, Grown Men's asked, so when you use the U2 app before love is all we have left, it appears to look and sound like a waterfall falling onto the crowd in GA. What do we think the significance of that is? Are we being baptized or reborn by water? Or is U2 saying that everybody stinks and needs a bath from queuing all day? So there's
1: We were talking about this earlier.
0: Yeah. the uh, I'll let you... I'll just say the official answer, at least as far as tour folks was answered by Rick Lipson. There's a CNN story video that'll be in the show notes. If you want to t- watch a bit of that, if you haven't seen that already, but your thoughts, Carolyn.
1: Yeah. I was thinking if uh, the theme or the, the underlying, uh, whatever, uh, uh um, focus of the show, is, was Bono's, uh, mysterious event, uh, that He went through, uh, uh, since it's you know, they start off with uh, the sound of an MRI. I thought this might be, uh, uh the event, mm-hmm. maybe a hole in an aorta or something like uh, an aneurysm. Um, that was uh, that was, I was that was what I was thinking of because my dad had one, uh, last year. So,
0: and you referenced a lot of circles or, um,
1: yeah circles and holes yeah yeah Yeah.
0: which is very possible and that's what uh yeah they sort of said referencing mortality anyways in some form so maybe depending on how deep you want to go into that and how specific they're being in the show anyways but um Mm -hmm. at mona lizard asked what are these upteen mix remixes of love is bigger for and who listens to so (laughs) there's
1: this thing called clubbing and people uh Apparently, uh, still do that.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, um, circling all the way back, that's what got you into U2, right? Well, not the club mixes, but...
1: Yeah, because, well, we didn't have... Well, 12 inches, we had 12 inches, um, which is what this has, you know, evolved from, I guess. Um, I don't know, it's just to get it out there, you know. Yeah. To get it played, I think. So people... Re- Just like me, recognize it from, you know, remember it from having heard it on the dance floor. Mm -hmm. What's that? Oh, that's you too. Oh, I must check that out. That kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, It's. I think it's just, yeah. Whether you love them or hate them, they're probably, if you don't like them, they're probably not for you. And but if you love them, then they are for you. (laughs) It's a simple way of looking at it, I guess. But um, I I can remember other, yeah, like definitely Acton Baby, they had a lot of remixes for and sort of tried to get that out into other, music cultures beyond their typical rock um,
1: Yeah, They're antiquary. always looking for new fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is actually, this is the first tour they ever said that the existing fans are important. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, a question that was emailed in is kind of more of a rant, but uh, why is merchandise and visual branding so ugly? <laughs> I prefer a cleaner, more classic look, but their merchandise for I&E and e and e and tours look so bad. Don't get me started on the merch for I of them laying in bed together. Who's the target audience? I hope there's not another U.S. leg of this tour. They need to go to Asia, Australia, et cetera. And then call it a day, take some time, go back to recording, and make it a risk-taking album. That seems to be a common like disregard the merchandise thing because we don't really know who you and I is we haven't been there yet. But mm, but like this desire to like
1: yeah,
0: exactly that part. But also the the theme of a lot of fans is like they wish the band would take more risks, and uh, and I feel like. It's a it's a fair like feeling to have, I guess. But I feel like when you actually think about just the structure of it's not just four guys and the organization that they represent and the people, and there is a, a certain amount of like they are taking risks each time they put out an album that it's not going to go over, and that'll be the last one. And all these people who've staked their lives and careers with them, besides their mm-hmm. own immediate family, that sort of inner circle we've talked about, they ride along with them for better or worse. And so yeah. there is an element of, you know, it's not just... Um, trying a new, whatever, guitar sound for Edge or whatever, and that's, like, all he's risking. Mm-hmm. Like, they are sort of risking their careers each time they put out something new, I think. Um, even though it feels like, well, they're U2 and they can get away with anything, I think, you know, <laughs> they, they've shown that they can't in certain ways, like, <laughs> in terms of sales anyways and, and that kind of stuff. So, do you have any thoughts there?
1: Uh, If, if you're as big as U2, it must be both scary and risky and difficult to uh, to be edgy all the time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to take that risk as you say like there's so many riding on it so many people's lives riding on it livelihoods riding on it I mean yeah. um, I don't know yeah I've you know my entire history uh, as a fan I've wanted them to be more risky and to do... You know, my favorite albums are Zoropa and, you know, Passenger. Yeah, I love that kind of stuff, but they're a mainstream band and they have a mainstream following and they want to keep that mainstream following, following so they get the money to keep on putting on these spectacular shows, I guess.
0: Yeah. 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 If all they ever did was Passenger's Europa, then maybe they wouldn't be as big. But then they wouldn't have the opportunity to do the big spectacle show that we love or enjoy, hopefully, yeah. in some form. I and mean, if you don't, then don't go to the show. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting line to walk. Um, and that's where I think, like I was saying before, the, the third album of this trilogy could almost be like something a little more experimental, a little more risk-taking, if you were. But, mm-hmm. but then they do risk. Yeah,
1: what's more risky than putting your own life up on your own life? up yeah. on stage like that for everybody to see um, yeah it's i mean it must be terrifying for them every night
0: it's kind of like they I was, I was explaining this to someone just a bit about the tour and i could feel that the other person who's not a youtube fan i could feel like them sort of glazing over a bit with like oh that's just bono he always does that what you know like putting him his heart on his sleeve and and life on display as if I think, like he does for sure. That's it's a true statement that he does that. But it, it's also like, um, it's a it doesn't
1: make it easier. Yeah,
0: that's exactly. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. just because you do it all the time doesn't make it any mm-hmm. easier to do it. it. In fact, as if you do a sports analogy or comparison, like for the the athlete who goes out there and puts himself out into the whether it's hockey or football or soccer or whatever, it gets harder as you get older physically. And I think that's an element of it for Bono for sure. Is as we've seen mm-hmm. with his physicalness. Of, of his performance but um, and that's why things like the characters that he inhabits are created to allow him to sort of speak in a certain way that he otherwise feels uncomfortable with and and, and doing night after night on stage so um, yeah I think there's a lot of risk going on that maybe we just take for granted maybe with the band so um Speaking of risk, that's a, not really a relevant segue, but mm. add Eddie, I'll just leave it at Eddie because mm. I mispronounce his name every time he sends a question in. Is there any way to get across to the band that the current relevance of Mothers of the Disappeared in the news and to the tour theme outweighs the meaningless challenge of not playing anything from Joshua Tree?
1: <laughs> I would write it on a little piece of paper and when you're in the GA, just hold it up yeah. to the stage. That's how we used to do it back in the day.
0: That probably is like the most meaningful or or that or get andy green from rolling stone to ask them a question about it but yeah that would be the second most (laughs) powerful way probably but yeah yeah, i just saw you know how youtube and whatever or instagram i think it was randomly showed me like some video of a youtube fan that somebody posted on their instagram account from years ago when they held up a sign that said drummer or guitar player who knows how to play song x and that's how they got on stage like it's really that Mm -hmm. (laughs) simple yeah um, and then you can shout in yeah. the mic saying mothers of the disappeared and then start it pays jam.
1: to advertise as Bono said I guess yeah
0: at <laughs> yeah. uh, Berner Caffey asks uh, this would be relevant to you when, as the tour heads overseas uh, from me but home to you I really hope they play American Soul when I see them in Berlin because I want to hear it live but can't imagine they will play the American section of the show in Europe what do you think if they don't what could they play so you haven't seen they the can. show but you've yeah
1: they can play it I mean we're not unaware of what's going on on the other side of the pond. Mm-hmm. It's just—it's just as relevant here, and it might as well use a Dutch. When well, they play Amsterdam, it might as well put up a Dutch flag there because we've got the same problems going on over here. Exactly the same. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, actually, a good test of that for folks will be actually the Montreal show coming up next week. Is what they do because as much as sometimes the rest of the world lumps us together, Canadians definitely don't enjoy being especially the negative side of American news don't enjoy mm-hmm. being lumped in with America and and there's we 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 don't look down our nose at Americans or by any means we consume a lot of their media we are Absolutely. involved in the news cycle etc and politics are very close because we're geographically very close but we're not like raw raw America is great and we certainly don't um, resonate I guess with like the need to resuscitate America the way (laughs) U2 seems to want to try to do breathe life back into it in the same sense or the same passion for that anyways Um, so I could see them going one of two ways where they just it's just two shows so they just play the same set list and Hmm. move on or they do try and tailor it a bit Bono's had oh,
1: I mean he has his you know uh, advisors Uh, I'm sure they call ahead so what's going on in this country yeah who's the the big bully here Uh, yeah and uh, there's I mean there's lots of you know right wing idiots all over Europe that they can uh, (laughs) they can pick on make fun of
0: yeah Which is what I was going to ask whether whoever that happens to be, but like we, I've seen photos and and again you don't have to reveal anything you're not supposed to, whatever. But like uh, whether it's Gavin Friday directly or other people, but like you know he's write, writing down notes as he's watching the show, and then however much of their inner circle is also giving them feedback and stuff. And we joked I think in the last episode about like the video interns like nervously approaching Larry with like a new graphic for you know American Soul or whatever, <laughs> and him like you know throwing his tea at them or whatever. But do you have a sense of like how? How big, how wide a swath of feedback do they actually take for a concert or a, a performance where they actually give it a, obviously anybody's free to throw criticism at them, but um, like that inner circle, is it the four of them plus Willie and, you know, S. Devlin has been quoted a lot about production of the show and not much beyond that or?
1: It goes beyond that. They can't do it on their own. So, and then, so they have their inner circle, but. The people in there in a circle can't do it on their own. They discuss things with people around them, so the, the circle spreads wider. I think than you think. Right. Um, but um, I can only speak from my own little experience. Not, I don't know how the rest. Of, I mean, the example of like the the intern, you know, coming up with their own little graphic. <laughs> that might happen. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You sort of assume. I know on this tour there's like a whatever the local city is, is inserted into the hold me, thrill me graphics at, w- at some point generally. Uh, except mm. for, I think it was different in Vegas where they, mm. but they'll. you know, yeah, well, I assume, I mean, I don't want to uh, get a big head or anything, but I assume all four of them religiously listen to this podcast. So I know that. Mm. Yeah, we have absolutely. An effect on, the, <laughs> on what's happening. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, no, they don't. And we, <laughs> we, we, we routinely get emails as I, I'm sure we did back in the YouTube log days from people who, feel like they're or assume that they're actually emailing bono directly when they contact us through the iu2 site <laughs> just to be clear we don't have yeah. a direct line to yeah. anybody there we can't get your tickets or can't yeah uh, you know. anyways all i don't
1: stuff. even have a you know i'm not even that visible anymore and i get i still get mail
0: yeah <laughs> everybody still knows <laughs> rumors
1: obviously not for me yeah. <laughs> you know yeah
0: all right. Well, I think that's that's the list of questions we'll run through anyways for this episode. You can always send in questions, comments for the podcast by using hashtag ask at you2 on Twitter. You can tweet at me, I'm iChris, if you want to. There's also a contact form on at you2.com, like I mentioned. I think it's under the about and then staff contact or something listing, where you can send in a comment if you want to uh, anonymously or or not. And uh, that's how you can get your comments and questions onto the future episodes of the podcast. Caroline, if folks are wanting to uh, tweet at you or keep up with what you're doing these days, what's what's the digital? World yeah, look don't like at me. <laughs> <laughs> She'll just block you. So
1: no. <laughs> it's at cvodb. Cvodb.
0: Right. And any digital homes these days? That you, do, you, do you still do a website? Do you do, you do those things anymore? Who has? Yeah, There you go.
1: <laughs> Official website. Uh, you too. Log. You too long just still exists on Twitter. Very very occasionally I might uh, (laughs) post something. I'll 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 mixler from it. I'll try mixler Berlin and uh, Nice Copenhagen and stuff like that. Yeah. Cool. Now that uh, we have uh, roaming in Europe. Oh yeah. Can do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, and also for folks who are listening if you listen to this I guess before next week next Tuesday, Wednesday uh, the Montreal stop is happening that's the next tour stop as we record anyways and uh, there's uh, an acrobat tribute band and December the band from Scotland that we've had on the podcast are putting on a pre-concert party at the Piranha Bar the link to that um, where you can buy tickets it's $10 in advance or $15 at the door Uh, you can buy tickets to come to that and I'm planning to be there uh, along with a whole bunch of other folks I'm sure it's going to be a fun fun time getting excited and uh, in anticipation of the U2 concert the next night and then also I uh, just want to mention U2songs.com is doing an event after the first show where the lead singer of another U2 cover band called Elevation, Sean Brady, is doing a solo show, taking requests, performing other band so- stuff as well as U2 and it's, that one's going to be at Hurley's after the show, an Irish pub that's open until about 3. So again links for all that stuff if you're trying to keep up with what's going on at uh, goodstufffm stuff. Dot FM slash two slash 83. And of course you can also follow at you twitter.com slash at U uh, two Facebook.com slash at U two com Instagram.com is the same. And of course, just visiting at 2com All U All right. Thanks, Caroline. This is fun. Thank you. And yeah. uh, we will, uh, can't wait to hear you're singing along with the experience and innocence <laughs> tour when it rolls through town or nearby. Yeah. And, uh, thank you all for listening. Thanks for watching. If you were watching as we recorded live, we record live generally Wednesday nights, uh, North American time anyways, uh, and broadcast on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash underscore FM, I believe. And you can be notified if you follow us along there. All right. Have a good day. See you later.